0: I'm Dr. Michelle Plaster, and you're listening to Between Two White Coats, a podcast where we dig into key issues surrounding health and wellness. I'm a family medicine doctor, and my co-host, Amber Foster, is a family medicine nurse practitioner. In our combined 30 years in medicine, we've seen a lot. We're discussing some of our biggest questions, obstacles,
1: and patient-centered advice in hopes of educating you and keeping you informed. Make sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss an episode. If you have found this podcast helpful, give us a five-star rating and review. This helps other people find our podcast and make sure you share it with your friends. Thank you for your time. We look forward to serving you.
0: All right, welcome and thank you for joining us today as Amber and I put our heads together on a better future. Um, Our goal for our conversation today is really reflecting on the last two and a half years of this pandemic, which is not necessarily anything we want to mm-hmm. reflect on for too yes. long because it has been rough, um, and figuring out how to uh, evaluate what we've learned and how to take that and build a better us moving forward. Um, how do we take our lessons, really reflect on what this has been an opportunity? You know, there's there's been a once-in-a-lifetime, please God, a once-in-a-lifetime yes. opportunity here. And how do we take this information? What have we been through and how do we move forward better? So first let's talk about what the pandemic did in March of 2020, there was an abrupt halt and things got simplified and things got removed and things
1: got quiet. We and had to teach our children at home. Yes. Th- that was a lot. <laughs> yes. We,
0: kids weren't going to school. Mm-hmm. People weren't going to work. Businesses the people were who closed. were
1: going to work
0: were afraid for their lives. Yeah. Um, And when we say simplified and quieted, that sounds like, wow, what a fantastic opportunity, which to some extent it was, mm-hmm. but it didn't feel simple or quiet because we also were afraid for our lives. Yeah. We didn't know what was out there and we didn't know what we were facing and the only safe place you might have is your living room and grocery shopping and other things became scary um let's let's talk a little bit about what this last couple of years did to people's stress and their
1: nervous system well as we were talking a little earlier today i was saying that um you know when you live in fear even though we like when i look back you know, at March of 2020 and April of 2020, like I, we were playing board games and puzzles like some. It wasn't all bad, you know, like we were able to simplify at my house. So after about I, I told my husband I was sick of being the um, activities coordinator because I was trying to come up with so many things for our kids to do. So that they weren't scared or fearful, but yet we were coming here and working and I was like terrified. I would be, you know, taking my clothes off when I got in the door and just being so cautious. I would call it my Silkwood moments. If any of you (laughs) are old enough to
0: remember that movie where it's like you had to strip down and walk through the radar to get in your house. Is there any virus on me?
1: Yeah. So, you know, like in one sense, like simplification was, it was fun. It was, you know getting all the stuff out we haven't played with in a long time, being outside, you know, doing that type of stuff. But then there was also the fear aspect of, oh, no, am I going to bring something home? Are we going to, you know, what is this going to look like? Because we had no idea. And I kept thinking, well, if we could just get to spring break, maybe things. And then I'm like, here we are two years later. And that spring break was a long way off. I was like, maybe if we could just get to warm weather, you know, all the things that we were kind of hoping for as medical people, if we could get this to stop. And like when we all shut down, like maybe that would help. And Anyways, overall, I feel like the stress level because people were so fearful, and then of course, like people who were in industries that like um, like travel and you know people that in um, restaurants and things that like people have to come in for them to make money, like their stress levels were high. So losing, people were losing their jobs, yeah, losing their businesses, or having to rethink how they were doing, like working from home, and you know, you were trying to work from home with trying to do children, you know, have children and educate your however old educating your kids. Plus working from home, plus trying to figure out how you're going to do your job. That's a lot. And, yeah. so, and that didn't feel simple no, like that, that. was that wasn't quite or
0: simple yes. when you're trying to run eight different computers throughout your house with people learning and people working. Yeah. And the and Wi-Fi
1: crashing because you don't have enough because uh-huh. who's ever on the computer that many times all the time. So I feel like, you know, in some aspects, simplifying was good. And then in others, like we've been living with high stress levels, high cortisol levels, for Years and so now I feel like we're kind of all what I say crushing and burning, and that's where you kind of see some of the burnout where people are kind of reevaluating. Um, you've mentioned, and of course, I don't even remember what it is, but like we're the great exit is it the great exit where yeah, people are loot you know, the great resignation? Resignation that's what it is. you can. I
0: own the practice, so I <laughs> talk like, about the great resignation a lot because. It is hard to find employees. And I have a dear friend who's a, um, a human resources guru. And and so he takes me through all of this Like countrywide, at least in this country and maybe in other countries, people have not returned to work um, or maybe it is that their stress level is high. Maybe they have decided to redirect, but people have not returned to work. So in every industry, people are having trouble finding employment. Yeah. Um, and for an industry like healthcare that never slowed down, actually got busier. It's really difficult when you can't find right. the employees you need, yeah. and, 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 and you have to have like licensed people. So it's not like you yes, can just you know can't create those every yeah. night. Okay. And when your current employee uh, employees have really had a stressful couple of years, yeah. and you want to be able to relieve some stress from them, but you can't find any reinforcements. Yeah. Um, it's you know when you said cortisol levels are high, I. You and I have referred to this a number of times um, of being in constant fight, flight, freeze, that we have, you have two nervous systems. And without getting too technical, your parasympathetic nervous system is your rest and relax. It kicks in when you're quiet and you're watching TV at night or you're eating your dinner. Um, and then there's your sympathetic nervous system, which kicks in when you're being chased by a bear and you have to make life-saving decisions. Your heart rate goes up. You just, your, your brain is not functioning like it normally would. Um, and you feel like you're fighting for your life. And we have induced people's sympathetic nervous system and it has stayed turn on for two years. So people aren't sleeping well. Their stress level's high. You, you wondered, were you okay to leave your house? And so all these things have put people in this fight or flight or freeze, and they're stuck there. Mm-hmm. And so then their decision-making may really be stuck too, and they're in this constant feeling of stress.
1: Mm-hmm. And then when you exacerbate those types of feelings of stress, especially for patients who have mental health um, issues like depression or anxiety or post-traumatic stress disorder, like it always triggers those. And so then they're, they've been in their house with fight or flight with their increased cortisol levels. And then patients who typically would maybe be able to cope with exercise or healthy habits you know, a lot of that was taken away because they couldn't go to their gyms or they couldn't, you know, whatever they would do typically that were healthy. And, things. and if I was going to die in this pandemic, <laughs> I
0: wasn't going out on healthy food. I, know, right? I just Why wasn't. Not? So we were we were ordering things to be delivered <laughs> yeah. from our grocery store that we never eat yeah. because of stress, just wanting you to eat that Enjoy bag of cookies yes. and whatever else. So, yeah, we really, you know, our habits of being active, our habits of eating well and managing our stress. And we had more stress than we ever knew how to manage before. Mm -hmm. Um, Those habits, the the good habits got pushed to the side and everything really changed abruptly. Mm -hmm. Um, As we look back on the last two and a half years, what I'm hoping to be able to ask people to do in this moment is to say, what is it that we've learned and how can we create a new that works for us? Works for us in this current moment, helps us out of what we've been going through in the last two and a half years, and maybe even works for us better because as we had everything stripped away, we get to choose what we add back. Mm-hmm. Um, now we're really, you know, for the last six months has really been a time of, is it time? Can we do that? Is it safe to do that yet? Can I go out? Do I wear a mask? Do I not? What's? Oh, I heard the numbers are high. What do I do now? So there is this constant: um, Are we at the new normal? And I've kind of shied away from even the phrase "new normal" because trying to say what's normal just yeah. doesn't no. feel normal. No. Like we just there. <laughs> I don't know how we define normal yeah. anymore, and I feel like we just step away from normal and we look back and say what was worth keeping and how do we get that back if we've lost it what wasn't worth keeping what did we learn what do we not need to add back um how do we do this in a better way and so as we look at that i i do think now is the time because we are moving from what we have phrased as pandemic everyone learned what that word meant into more of what we would consider an endemic. Um, And a pandemic is when there's been something new, a disease that takes over the country or the world. And that certainly is what COVID-19 did. Um, An endemic is when there's a disease that just sort of lives and resides and stays. And there will be times where we get an outbreak of it, where there is a surge. And then there will be times where there's less. And I think a good way to think of that is the flu is endemic. We tend to have a flu season. There will be times where you hear that a school closed because there was too much flu in that school. So they closed a couple of days and did a scrub down of the whole school. And then we have times in the clinic where we're like, oh, there's a lot of flu right now. And then the flu calms back down. And but we know that we're living with flu for the rest of our lives and we have to figure out how to best live with it. And that's where I think we are with COVID now that we're living with COVID for the rest of our lives. We're going to have little spikes here and there. But how do we move forward with this being something that we just have to address from time to time um, and use what we've learned to keep ourselves safe when necessary? Um, So now that we're in more of an endemic, time to reevaluate and figure out what have we learned? So Amber and I are going to dig in and... I'm not even going to say role model because God forbid that, (laughs) Um, but but we are going to dig in and try to tell you what we have learned and how we're going to use that to move forward in building a healthier tomorrow or better habits for tomorrow. Um, Would you like to go first? first? I'll go first. All right. So
1: I, um, very interestingly and you as well, we had not just, pandemic plus work crazy plus you know kids changing we had a lot of transitions personally change schools during my my kids changed schools we had several family members pass my dad was very ill and so I was in a stress response that was probably very unhealthy because I was always just what's gonna like kind of what's gonna happen next what's because it was not just work it was uh, we moved. We were building a house. We, you know, my dad was ill. We had actually have had thirteen family members die since oh two thousand and since my uncle died in two thousand eighteen. So we, and it wasn't just COVID. It wasn't. It was like I had a cousin drown. Like horrible things that you're never prepared for. So it was not just that. So I've had a lot of reevaluation, not just COVID related, but just life related. I feel like we all go through transitions. And my family has went through a lot of transitions because with my kids, like just losing that many people, my Mm -hmm. daughter has had anxiety related to like, who's going to die next or what are we going to do next? And so having to deal with it, like very, what I call multifactorial is trying to, you know, make sure they feel safe, you know. Anyways, it was a lot. So um, from a reevaluation standpoint, I am a people person by nature. I'm really outgoing, very extroverted. That's why, <laughs> that's why we get along. Yeah. Um, and so me having to pull back, even being not being able to be with friends as often, like I, I did a Bible study with girls for five years every Saturday morning. Well, that had to stop mm. during COVID. So a lot of the things that you know, that we did regularly by having people over. Some of my, I always say that I had like weekend children because some of my my son's best friends would always come over and yeah. we weren't able to do that. So um, it was good for our family because we did get to spend a lot of family time and have some really fun family memories. But then uh, one of the things that we love to do is have people in our home. And that was something that was, once it was taken away, I didn't realize how much like we truly as a family loved that. So that's mm-hmm. one thing like... Which, goodness gracious, who knows? My floors were in Canada last week. I'm not sure. <laughs> yes, one of the other things Amber's done during
0: the pandemic is Build sell house. her house, yes. move into a rental, and she's building. Yes. Which, building during a pandemic is super easy. Yes. So There's no supply chain uh, issues.
1: No supply chain issues. I was like, really? I that's, I'm over it. Um, so, anyways, that's one thing moving forward. Like, I'm excited about getting back to. That's one thing that we did prior to the pandemic that I uh, really have missed um, and my family has missed. Um, the other thing is we, my husband always jokes because we don't have any family that lives super close. I have an aunt and some cousins that live here, but all of our family extended family lives not close. And so we would used to drive like, you know, my husband's like, we're literally driving eight hours for 24 hours because we're driving four hours there doing something and then coming home because of the weekend, like between kids schedules. And I, even though like i we would always do it or go wherever we needed to go it was always kind of a strain on us because of getting back for work or kids back to school or whatever but I am so thankful that we are able to do that. And that's one thing, too, that, like, it was kind of taken away. And I was like, oh, no, I will drive whatever to see, especially because of the loss that we've had. Yeah, I think that kind of puts things in perspective, too. And I'm like, you know what? If I have to drive the four hours to spend 10 and turn around and drive four, like, dadgummit, we're doing it. Mm-hmm. So that was one. But some of the things that I, I have been... um Even though I'm saying all of this is like, hey, this is stuff we're going and doing that I'm missing. There have been good boundaries, I think, that we've put in place because some things we've said no to that I typically would not have said no to because of, you know, initially because of the pandemic. And then I was like, that's too stressful. Like, I'm Mm -hmm. not going to do that Um, or whatever. When I would typically kind of bend over backwards to do stuff. Um, Now I'm like, no, I don't think that's going to work for us. Um, because it's taking time away from family or something else that would be more important. So those are kind of the things. Like I want to add back some of the things, and then some things I've been like, you know what? Like no, we're not going to do that, or my kids won't go to that, or no, we're not going to go do this because we would rather chill out at home because we haven't no. all all week. So it sounds like you're ready to add back. You've
0: really been able to evaluate and see what you're ready to add back. Yeah, and um, having people to your home, visiting people that matter, people who you're close with. Um, but there are things that you have analyzed and you're not going to add back yeah. because when being forced to say no to something, you realized you didn't miss it.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, or that maybe you always knew you didn't want to do it. Yeah. And this just, just nice. gave you, yeah, it's <laughs> just like the pandemic gave you an opportunity <laughs> to say, say no. no. Yeah. And now like, you don't have to start saying yeah. yes again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I think choosing your yeses and nos wisely should absolutely be something that people evaluate moving yeah. forward.
1: Well, I've said too done like quote unquote mom conferences and and spoke before. And I've always said, when you say yes to something, you're automatically saying no to something else. And so, um, and a lot of times too, it's, it's most of the time, the people that suffer most are your family, like your immediate family, because, you're, you're going to see them later at home anyway, so you're going to run around and scramble to try to do whatever. So I think that has been like, my, my yeses are a lot more firm and my nos are a lot more firm.
0: Yeah, I love that. I think that's a massive life lesson and a great way to manage your stress moving forward. And I feel as though saying no to our families happens so quickly. Yeah. And and then we get used to it and it becomes a little more comfortable. Yeah. And then when we were thrust into our homes together, eating dinner together every night and the kids didn't have sports and they didn't have after school mm-hmm. and other things. We really realized we don't have to add back all of it. Yeah that when we add it back, we don't get to have dinner together and we miss out on these other things. So deciding what you want to add back and adding back the good stuff, but not overextending.
1: And I was never a TV person ever. Like I always say, reading's my thing and I've been super nerdy. And like the last thing that Josh and I watched on TV prior to the pandemic was lost when it was on like real television, like forever (laughs) ago. Like I didn't watch it on Netflix, like when it was like on television. So we started watching all these series. So we, now that's a problem because we've watched right. all these series with the kids. But it's been fun. Like we've done that kind of stuff too. So we've made really good memories be just being at home. So it's yeah, been
0: good. that's awesome. Um, I would say what I have embraced, uh, and this is not something that I easily embraced. Uh, Amber and I are very similar. We laugh a lot about how our life is sort of a dead sprint. We're just running as fast as we can. That's how we are programmed. That's where we are comfortable. Um, and so we just keep it moving. And I really have learned to be still and know. Um, and I don't like to be still and know, but I have had opportunities in the last couple of years to really reflect and and sit and realize what's important and what's not. And I think when things quieted down, you know, I think sometimes when you're a really busy, always on the move person. You, your life can get lost in the noise, mm-hmm. and so for me, when things got quiet, um, and look, we were we were running a run uh, like crazy here <laughs> uh, during a pandemic, so our quiet was a different kind of quiet. But when we went home, there was nothing you could do, um, and you embraced those Zoom calls with people who mattered, and you really were making efforts to reach out and connect because you felt so disconnected. Um, and, and I've really evaluated who is important to be connected to and that those connections don't happen without effort. And so to maintain relationships, you have to put that effort in and, and work to have those connections. And so the work that we did in the pandemic to make sure we were doing zoom calls and make sure we were FaceTiming and other things, I want to make sure I carry that forward. And I don't get busy doing other things and forget to really, Put effort and emphasize those connections. Um, But I also am making sure I'm building myself a little prayer garden, and I am going to make sure that I'm dedicated to being still and knowing. And even if it is 10 minutes that I go out and just sit in quiet to really hear what I feel like I'm being called to hear. Um, I'm going to really dedicate some time to that because I feel like when things got quiet, I was able to filter a little bit better, um, which is really valuable and important to me. So I'm going to try to carry forward, not letting all the noise back in, which I'm hearing you say as well, being selective about what noise gets back in. um, And really, you know, pursuing my active crazy life, because that's just how I'm programmed. But recognizing that sometimes... The lessons happen in the listening and I have to slow down and listen. And so I'm going to really work to, and this will be recorded. So all of you who know me, Mm -hmm. and know that that's going to be a struggle for me. can play this back for me. You got your space. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) you you can play this back for me. I will need that. Um, So those are a couple of things that we're going to be trying to work on as we build back in a different way and create a better us. Um, what I would want to ask all of the people kind enough to be listening is to really do the same reflection and look at what was taken away that you don't want back and how do you protect that? What was taken away that you can't wait to get back and how will you put energy into adding that back in a real, um, thoughtful way that builds it back even better than what it was before and what? Do you, now that you've had time to think, what do you want your life to look like? We are empowering you to look at what we could call it habits. We could call it choices. There's so many different ways to think about this, but how will you move forward in a thoughtful, very intentional way? So there are a few different things that we would encourage for you to build a healthy new you, build, rebuild and add back so that you're creating the healthiest life possible. Um, we are asking that you revisit some of our prior recordings, um, podcast episodes on uh, different ways to build a better, healthy life. So we have episodes on sleep, exercise, stress and diet choices that we're going to be revisiting in the coming weeks. And we would ask that you look at opportunities in any of those areas to build back or to navigate these new choices in the healthiest way possible. So Amber, if we're asking people to build healthy habits, what is it that will, what would be our little um, tidbits or pieces of advice to trying to evaluate and create these
1: things that will start to feel more natural or feel more like habits as they move forward. Uh, Anytime I have, this is just what I do with patients. Like when patients feel overwhelmed or if they come to see me for, you know, they've gained weight or, and that's been a lot during the pandemic too. Like I think initially people were like, oh, well I can go out and exercise and they had the time and then they got sick of it because everybody's still stuck. And, you know, you know, what is the next thing? And then they were eating the Oreos, you know, like it uh-huh. went from like, I'm going to get my life together. We're going to clean out every, you know, like every um, closet has been filled, you know, filtered through, you've g- given away, you've gone through every closet 10 times, like perfect organization. You've watched all the Netflix home edit things. I've watched those. I don't know if you've watched yeah. those, but like, it and makes me it, want to be a better person. Like
0: <laughs> months, five, six, seven, Yeah, And, and eight then and it was like, like, no
1: more. I can't do this. I already, I already <laughs> I did general. all that stuff where it's supposed so, to be gone by yeah. now. So normally I would say, what I would say to patients is making sure that you're staying hydrated, so drinking enough water, making sure that you have a good sleep routine. Um, Shelly's a huge component of um, – or proponent for gratitude. And I that is something that since we've talked about it a bunch and we've mentioned it on podcast, I'm not sure which episode, probably.
0: Multiple. Multiple I'm episodes.
1: Sure. But um, that has been one that I've actually started to say, hey, when you feel stressed, name something that you're grateful for. Like that just automatically – Changes what you're thinking. um So that's something I've been saying. And then diet, I'm a huge thing. Like when you put junk in, you you're going to feel out. horrible. Yes. So even if it's just like, hey, cut out the soda and the tea and start with the water, like take it, doesn't have to be like, oh, well, here we go. We got all the 50,000 things and you buy the vegetables that then, you know, rot a week later because you didn't do anything with them. Like don't make crazy changes. Like just change, go to bed by 10. Like, yeah. you know, and so I would say as you're listening, and maybe you're not quite sure, maybe you
0: know sleep is a problem. Maybe you know that you're making bad dietary. And truly, if you put junk into the tank, the car's not going to run. It's just it's just the rules. We don't make the rules, but this is how it is. So when you are trying to identify an area that you know you want to make some changes and trying to develop these new habits or a new way of moving forward Like Amber was saying, choose something specific and simple. You don't want to try to make 700 different changes. You will fail and be frustrated. So when you're trying to make these changes, my advice would be be specific. Choose something simple and say, I am going to exercise for 10 minutes. Um, I know that be still and know is hard for me. And so I didn't say I'm going to start this intense meditation and I'm going to meditate for 30 minutes. I can't meditate. I've tried it. I just come up with grocery list. And so instead, I'm just going to take 10 minutes. I'm just going to sit quietly and whatever happens happens. And I'm just going to try to listen to the birds or whatever in my little meditation space. But take something simple, break it down to start just at the basics Make it fun so that you're not dreading doing it. So if you're going to make a dietary change, don't go for something that you hate, that you know you're not going to eat. Choose
1: something that you enjoy. It's summertime. Go for some fruit and veggies that you
0: enjoy. Or,
1: or like I will tell patients, like, go get a cute water bottle. Like, yeah. who doesn't like a cute water bottle? Like, just increase
0: your water intake. And, and then... reward yourself <laughs> and pat yourself on the back because you drink one water bottle today where you drank zero before. Yes, Um, Be flexible. Be forgiving. Know that every day is full of choices and some days you're going to really nail it and other days you're not. And that's okay. You're just going to keep trying to make the best choice you can. And surround yourself with the right social support. So if you're trying to say no to certain things like Amber, she's not going to thrust herself into the environment of people who go, oh, I can't believe you're not doing that. Oh, you really need to do this. Um, She's going to have people who are like, remember, you're trying to say no to that. And I support you in this. So how can I help hold you accountable in in a positive and reassuring way? So find simple things, make small changes, give yourself grace when you slip but really look to identify some healthy ways to move forward. We've been given this opportunity of rethinking everything and we Americans move quickly and we are busy and our lives are very active and we don't have very much of a chance to sit and say, do we want what we have built? And so now we get to build anew, let's build what we want.
1: We like to end each episode on a positive note. This week's Tell Me Something Good is my children's friends' moms. I have a project due, and I say I because my 14-year-old decided to tell us last evening that he had a project due. So what did I do? I text the other moms because I needed help. So we're getting it all together, having the boys actually do the project. But between the four moms... We're going to get this project done. So this week's Tell Me Something Good for Me is Friends Moms. Thanks for joining us and we'll see you next episode.